When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, listening peak to pit, TJ Pittinger, Allie Peak. I am sitting on a bunk bed in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina uh, to do this podcast. Hope this I'm in the one room of the house or there's not absolute pandemonium going on. So hopefully uh, this door stays closed for, you know, the next little bit of time here and we can get this done. But uh, TJ, New Year's is upon us. What are your uh, New Year's Eve plans? Um, to do absolutely nothing. So New Year's Eve tomorrow, actually we, a week from tomorrow, we're running uh, in a race at Disney. So I do have to do at some point tomorrow, I do have to do kind of a long run just to kind of. Okay. Just one or have you been doing this? Uh... Oh yeah, we've been doing it, but like, I okay. want to do it so close up to the race. So like right. tomorrow will probably be my last run before the race. Got um, it. So I got to do that at some point, but um other than that, just watch football. I just want to watch the the playoff games. There's a couple games that are not um, playoff games on as well. Like what all is on tomorrow? So Alabama, Kansas State, that's fun at noon. Iowa, Kentucky, Kentucky, that's fun yeah. At noon. And then you get the you get the playoff games in the afternoon. And I, I think we'll. Yeah. I mean, I think the playoff games will be okay. I mean, I think Ohio yeah. State will give Georgia a good game. I think you know. I think Georgia will pull away late. But I think TCU, Michigan could could be fun. I mean, we could be looking at two blowouts, but whatever. I mean, I think. You know, it's still playoff football. You'll you'll get some drama somewhere, I would hope. But it'll be fun. What about you? You guys do anything special up there? So we've done lots of really cool stuff. We took the kids up here so that they could see snow because they've never seen snow before. And um, got here two days ago. Eric and I drove through the night, which I haven't decided if I recommend that or not. Um, it was a little brutal. But we got to North Carolina thing. Uh, two days ago. So it was kind of nice because when we got here, it was only 18 degrees. So there was a ton of snow on the ground from the couple of days leading up to that. So the kids got to get out, make snowballs. Like it was really, really cold. It's since warmed up um, a lot, which kind of thinks if it was 10 degrees colder right now, there we would literally be in so much snow. It has been raining for hours. Um, so I'm kind of sad. Kids sledding today. We took them snow skiing uh yesterday which i highly don't recommend doing with three-year-olds that was miserable i ended up loading emerson and alexandra into the car and driving home myself and leaving eric with the bigger girls on the mountain they did like with the rest of our family too school and they like loved it they skied a black by the time they left um and they were super pumped about it. So I think we'll ski at least one more day when we're here. Um, but not make the mistake of signing myself and the babies up for tickets at the same time. I will take them to a hill to sled or something like that instead, because uh, I think I made it down a grand total of one time. Paid like $150 to do that. And you, the babies didn't really do anything. When do you get home? We get home the, uh, late at night. So it's uh, a week long. Sorry. The 4th, January 4th. Okay, got it. Um, 
yeah, so a whole week. But um, it's been it's been really great. The kids are having a blast. We're here with several of my siblings and their families, and then uh, childhood friends of ours with all of their kids as well. So there's a bunch of us, and it's been chaos, but so 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 much fun. Well, cool. Well, let me give a quick shout out before we talk about some stuff. We'll go quicker tonight. Um, but big shout out to Greg Brunt at Brunt Insurance. Uh, 954-589-2204. If your New Year's resolution is to save money, you should give Greg and the team a call to see if they can save you money on home insurance, car insurance, boat insurance. If you've got an RV, trailer, whatever may need to be insured that's got wheels, um, give Dre Greg and the team a call. Again, 954-589-2204. Anywhere in the great state of Florida. Or you can go to brightinsurance.com. But... Greg would rather talk with you about college football. So give him a call today, 954-589-2204. All right. So Florida State played in a bowl game last night. And unlike Florida, they kicked the field goal in the first uh, part of the game to take a 3-0 lead. But then it got a little bit shaky. Yeah, right? double-digit deficit. How hyped were you for Oklahoma at that moment? Like, were you celebrating a little early? Or did, were you going to wait on that? Cheering party. Florida's roster, or excuse me, scheduled, doing well. Right. So I was cheering. Again, can you see? Can you hear me? I, I lost you a little bit. Tell me okay. again. Oh, I was just saying I was cheering for Florida State because I always cheer for everybody that's on Florida's schedule. That's uh, You want all the teams on your schedule to do well other than the one game a year that you play them. That's, I don't know, kind of my belief. But uh, you know, I thought this was a great game. I'm interested in some of these bowl matchups. Like, I love a Florida State-Oklahoma, right? I like, in theory, a Florida-Oregon State. Like, matchups that we don't normally see. But I am – I just find it so interesting how we've had so many, like, six-win teams paired up against nine-win teams. And I know it has to do with conference tie-ins and such, but I still find that a little bit weird. And Oklahoma was decimated with guys that, you know, were either injured and not playing for, you know, opting out reasons or whatever – um, but listen, Florida State got their 10th win of the season, and I think that that's um, important for them. It's a, it's a step in the right direction for Norvell. I think that it's a good selling point on the recruiting trail. Like, I don't think in general winning this game is like, oh, look what we did to Oklahoma, who was missing a lot of their players. I think it'll be spun like, hey, we finished with 10 wins, and that's a sellable thing to recruits. That's a sellable thing to fans. That's a sellable thing to your administration. Um, so I, you know, I, and I think that's great. And Oklahoma is a name brand, right? Like that is a, that is a program that, you know, the national college football landscape has a lot of respect for. So the fact that Florida state came back from that double digit, uh, deficit is huge. That injury at the very end, um, I thought it was really, really cool to see like basically Florida state's entire bench clear come out to the street. Every state for sure was going to win because that little momentum moment there. But cares about each other, and that's that's a really cool thing to to see, even in a game that like. Yeah, no, I thought it was. I thought it was really important. Um, I thought the way they won was was really impressive, and and kind of spoke a lot to just really kind of where the team is, right? Like, cause you, you know, you talk about, I think when you lose and you uh, are like looking for moral victories and stuff like that, you talk about mm -hmm. culture and you talk about buying and you talk about mm -hmm. belief and Hey, yeah. at least they didn't quit and this, that, and the other. 
but you don't really, I think you talk about those things less when you're winning, right? Like you just right. you know about the win, right? Like you don't need to talk about all those other things. Right. And so right. I think it was, you know, if Florida State, and I will say this, I think that I agree with you. Like they shouldn't, there shouldn't have been as many like six and six versus nine. And obviously that impacted both of our teams. But I do think Oklahoma was probably one of the better, like as far as like efficiency. You're not going to say a better six. Yeah, I I do. Yeah, and I think Florida was one of the better six and six teams. I think Florida had a lot more talent than a six and six record. They just let some games get away from. Yeah. You know, they don't muff a punt. They're seven and five because they beat Vandy, right? They don't um, just kind of blow it late against the title. I mean, they, you know, so I, I think, yeah, I think Florida was. I mean, they play, They went toe-to-toe with the SEC West champion. They could have easily beaten, you know, LSU. I mean, they're probably two plays away from eight and four. They're three plays away from nine and three. And I think you say the same thing about Oklahoma. Oklahoma lost yeah. two games by three points. They lost one game by seven points. I mean, they, you know, they're two plays away from being eight and four, right? Yeah. So, you know, but it didn't fall their way, right? You know, like, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But, yeah, I do think when you look at efficiency ratings, Oklahoma was around, like, 25th. With a six and six record, like you know, and I think they they played really really well. I, I wondered about how much um, Oklahoma would care about this game, and I think they did come out and fight extremely hard. Yeah, I think they did too. Play, played really well, and so if Florida State would have just come out, I, and I would have preferred this, right? Less stress, <laughs> less to worry about. Maybe go home early, whatever you know, like not have the game late, you know, last so right. late. But if Florida State would have just come out and won by thirty because Oklahoma quit or because they were just that much better or Oklahoma just couldn't get anything going. And then I think I would have been, you've been happy. It would have been 10 wins, but I think it was cool to see Florida state really fight. And, you know, for, well, the, for the bowl games are meaningless crowd. And you know, that, that's half me and stuff. I think you could tell it meant something to Florida state. I think you had some guys playing in their last game sure. played really, really well. And Jamie mm-hmm. Robinson, and, um, Pokey yeah. Wilson, who who made some big catches, and Malik McLean, who made transfer. So I think you, I think it meant a lot to him. And Florida State, I'll say this, and I'll let you know, kind of get your thoughts. Florida State trailed by two touchdowns three times this year, and the first time was against Wake Forest, and they couldn't come back. And the second time was against Clemson, they couldn't come back. And again, they trailed mm-hmm. by two scores here, and they found a way to come back. And I thought that was really impressive because Oklahoma was kind of doing whatever they wanted early. Florida State's offense looked out of sync. I don't know if it was the layoff. I don't know what it was, but they just didn't look very good. Um, but when the pressure moments came up, I mean, Jordan Travis and, and the team really shined. And yeah, I thought it. I thought that game was almost like a microcosm of the entire, like almost like the entire experience. Like, hey, there's no way as a 10-point favorite you should be down by double-digit scores in your backyard in Orlando. But they were able to kind of like they've done here over the last three years, pull their boots up, fight back, find a way to get back on top, find a way to get the win, whatever, like however you want to call that. So I, I thought it was – I thought that game itself was kind of just a microcosm of the entire well, Norvell experience so far. So I thought it was fun. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day – I mean, know, I think – I think anytime you're down by double digits and then you end up outscoring your opponent 32 to 18, the last, whatever, two and a half quarters of, uh, of the game, that's an impressive thing when you do it against a team that's, you know, named Oklahoma. I think that that's even more impressive. It's Florida state's first bowl win since 2016. So that's a monkey off Florida state's back that I'm sure, you know, 
there. I, I know that there's uh, a, we don't like full, full game crowd, but like. Don't short us. We want one in 17. Are you sure? Yeah, they beat. Uh, Are you sure? Beat, I thought I looked yeah, that up beat, beforehand. They beat. Um, was it for the 2017 season or was it a January bowl game in 2017 no, no. for the 2016 it was, season? It was the 2017 season. Uh, it was because because yeah. Odell coached it. Tumbo was gone, but Odell coached it. I forget who that yeah, was yeah. against. Uh, like Southeast. Like it was some terrible school. FSU 2017. That's what I'm Googling was. too. Um, but no, they definitely did. It was the year they made up a game. Like Jimbo was gone. They played, um, oh God, Alabama. Oh, Southern Miss uh, in the Independence Bowl. Um, yeah, December 27th, okay. 2017. Don't short us that year. Okay, yeah. It's inappropriate. All right. So, fine. It's been since 2017 Much that better. Florida State has won a bowl game, and now the monkey is off your back. So, congrats. Yeah. That's so how about this? I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, but that's really on the ball game. I, I think you know, I there's to me, there's just not much you can really take away outside of like, oh, you won or lost, right? Like, right. A bunch of the guys are going to be gone. You know, there weren't that many new guys that got reps because right. everybody up its team played. Um, right. A bunch of guys got injured during the game, so that kind of sucked, and maybe balanced things out with uh, with Oklahoma's guys out a little bit. But right, uh, right now. And I'm, I'm actually doing a little video on this for tomorrow. But right now, Jordan Travis is the number one rated Power 5 quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus. Interesting. Um, like, his, Did he get banged up at the end of the game? He seemed like he uh, – He looked like he was hobbling a little bit, but I yeah. was also in the stands and couldn't – you know, like I couldn't see very yeah. well. Right? Like I had yeah. But I think – I. Okay, and here's a question. I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the country, right? Like that's not my take. I think he's a top five to ten quarterback in the country, and I, I don't really have any, you know. I, I mean, just look at any anything, and he has been. But mm-hmm. I don't ever remember somebody coming in and playing as much as he has. Like you, you'll get guys where like you didn't expect anything out of them and they like they impressed you like Kyle Trask is a good story right mm-hmm. but like where Jordan came in and was legitimately like I don't mean this like as a shot but like not a good football player like a bad football player like they didn't even right. trust they didn't trust him to throw they only let him run the ball and then like got a little bit better the next year and they let him throw just a little bit right and then then the next year was they developed them so like I've never I don't know that I've ever seen a player improve to that level where he was not not like not like well, because they usually don't stick with the guy for three years on that he's for sure most programs yeah. have moved on at that point but they i mean he is a good story for uh developing quarterbacks i you would think that that's a good recruiting trail pitch right is that like look what we did with jordan travis and of course they'll spin it like and you have so much more natural talent than uh, then him so think what we could do with you. But I mean, yeah, I think that's a good story. It's been pretty crazy. I, I, yeah. like I said, he went from being like, I mean, he was not good. It wasn't like a hidden talent. Like, Oh man, we just didn't know this guy was here. Like Tom right. Brady or whatever. Like Tom right. Brady gets in and it's like, Holy crap. Like where's this guy? Been? Right. Uh, right. It's, it was like, he went from bad to like, okay. To like, eh, pretty good. To like yeah. now where he's right. really good. Like, I, I mean, 
he yeah. will have Heisman odds at the beginning of the year next year. You know, yeah. I mean, we'll see how much that carries over, how much, you know, if he's able to keep them all year or whatever. But um, right. it's been pretty impressive to watch him. Um, right. I think it also, so in my mind, I've seen this narrative around a little bit. I want to get your take. But I think for a couple of years, we kind of talked about how, like, you know, 2020 was kind of just a, you know, BS year for Norvell. It doesn't really matter. I've seen a couple of Gator writers now call this year zero for Napier. Like this first year is like year zero mm -hmm. for Napier, which seems to be like if if people like you like you got to be on one fence or the other, right? Like mm -hmm. you can if you want to call it year zero for Napier, then Norvell certainly had a year zero in in sure. If you want, I mean, you've Norvell, said all along that you thought a zero. Sure. You thought so that he was getting yeah at least four years. Right. I, I so think if that's, the, if that's the standard, like then if that's the case, then it's true for both of them. But if it's false, then it's false for both. So of them. Like you, can't, you can't have it for one and not for the other. Right. Because I mean, it's very um, similar situations. I right. think you can. I'll tell you how. I, oh, yeah. I'm excited for this. Okay. I think that any college some kind of scandal or something like that should get at least four years. Right. And I've said that all along. Like, I don't I I don't know how you completely rebuild a program in three years. Can, are there warning signs that the program's not headed in the right direction? So maybe you need to make a change. Like, I think that's what happened with McElwain at Florida. And I'm OK with it if there are like major, major red flags. But in general, I think a coach should get at least four years to try to turn the program around in um, in the don't think Florida will give him past three years. That's just the way that this program has been. Um, I don't think that's fair, and I don't like that. So I, I don't – I mean, I, I call it your zero, call it your one. I don't really think it matters outside of the fact that I think more than likely Napier gets three years. I think that Florida State is following the path of, obviously, at least four years or maybe even at least five years to see if the train's moving in the right direction. I don't, I don't agree with the three-year thing because I think you're going to get into the kind of cycle like Florida has been in where you are just firing coaches, you know, every couple. That makes it really hard to recruit the next big name because I think these guys know how hard it is to change the culture or rebuild a program in three years. I think it's pretty close to impossible to, to do that, especially if you're changing systems or, or whatnot. But I think that's, that's you. It depends on what your program's philosophy is. But what the writers call it or don't call it is going to mean zero to the university, right? So, so I, here's, like, here's a question. Um, I think, and we talked about this at the beginning of the year, you asked what Norvell needed to do. Mm -hmm. And my gut was he needed to, like, I didn't know if just making a bowl was good enough. Like, I didn't know if six and six was going to be good enough for Florida State. Right. Um, Right. I thought he really needed to get to seven. I think he said seven or eight wins. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought six, like if, if he was going to go six and six and then win a bowl game, they weren't going to fire him after seven and six. Right. Cause then that's three to five right. to seven. But I don't sure. think anybody realistically expected 10. And so I Ten. think, well, I think that, um, I think that what I thought was that unless things really went off the rails this year and they won like three or four games, this was going mm -hmm. to be year three of that four-year rebuild that you just talked about, right? Like, right. I, right. But 
with the success that they've had this year and with the potential guys that they yeah. bring back, he may have made a four-year rebuild into a three-year. Like he may, I think they're a year ahead of schedule. I don't think anybody expected 10. And well, I think that similarly for UF next year, like if UF goes anywhere from six to eight wins, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty solid year too for Napier. Well, I, here's the thing. But I, I mean, well, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me finish that thought though. If UF does anything from six to eight wins, I think that's a fairly solid year too. Right? Yeah. Like I think next year is going to be really tough for UF. But if he gets on that verge of like nine plus, I think they're a year ahead of schedule. Yeah. Like I think I think in year two, the realistic expectations and Florida fans aren't going to want to hear that, you know, six or seven wins is realistic. But if they go seven or eight wins and they improve the team slightly, I think it sets up for year three to be then that nine win season. We'll see if that happens or not. I think that Florida State fans would have expected more than five in their year two. Like, I think that was the yeah. way they thought six or seven would happen. But Florida's going to have a crap ton of roster turnover. Yeah, Florida's a ton. Just lost I mean, a, you know, um, like 30 guys. Yeah. Line. Obviously lost their quarterback. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I don't think, I think, you know, six would probably run people the wrong way. But if Florida goes seven and five and then wins a bowl game to get to eight and five, I honestly think that's a pretty good year for Napier. I, I mean, I don't mean that like, so, like you know, that's not where the expectations are, but I think that'd be fine. And if you could somehow get to nine, obviously anything more than nine, I mean, people are doing backflips. Yeah. Basically more this year. Where, where, so what are you thinking on year so, two? Um, so, in, in, back to the year zero thing for a second. It's, it is year zero in that nothing that Napier was going to do this year was going to get him fired outside of you know, getting caught with a moped and a, and a, and a, I think no, I don't think anything would have gotten fired year one. I mean, maybe, but that's a stretch, but next year, I don't think he does anything that can get him fired outside of, you know, again, losing the locker room, something egregious with a co-ed, whatever. Like I think his job's safe that year too. I think for, I, I think that Florida is going to need to see, see, I think they'll call that progress, and I think he's got to see nine to ten. What was your? He's, he's may not what have was a job your for next year. Sorry, I broke up. Right seven seven to eight wins. I think is uh, where where I think everyone will be happy and fine with seven to eight wins. I think there has to be improvement on this season, which I agree is going to be difficult because Florida literally just said goodbye to thirty plus players. And they're replacing them, but sure as heck not at the rate that they're losing them. And, you know, that's a positive and a negative, right? It's a negative because now you're sitting with, like, legit 40 scholarship players or something crazy at the moment. The positive is if your goal was to clean house and bring in players that you think fit your scheme, your philosophy, your culture, then you are fast-tracking that by showing this many players the door. But it's hard because I just can't even see at this moment how they're going to feel the spring practice unless they really bring some bodies in and quick. So it is, I think, unless, you know, we, there's a lot of growth in the next couple of I think it's going to be difficult to get more wins than Florida had this season. But in order for the noise to, you know, stay low, they're going to have to get seven to eight wins. There is going to be a lot of chatter if Florida doesn't get seven to eight wins. I don't think that's fair. 
I think he gets, I think he should get four years, but that mark for me, I think is seven to eight wins is what I think Gator nation would be called about. So they're going to beat McNeese. I mean, any of these are, are, you know, likely, I don't know, make that seat start to get pretty warm. They'll beat McNeese state and they'll beat Charlotte. Sure. And then I think right. they could, I think they could and should split like with Tennessee and Kentucky. Kentucky picked up a good quarterback in Devin Lee. Kentucky picked out a good time. And if you're watching the Tennessee game, which I currently am, Milton is, uh, pretty good. you know, they're, he's not bad. So, and they, you know, they've got, is Milton nothing. still got eligibility though? I have no idea, but they have a new quarterback that they in theory paid $8 million for or whatever. We may actually see at the end of this game because he's technically eligible to play in this bowl game and he's on campus and has been practicing with them. So that's an interesting uh, little side note to watch for tonight. But the schedule is tough. You got to go to Utah. I think Utah did lose some pieces, but obviously Florida lost some pieces too. Right. That's a very tough game. Yeah, I think I don't think Florida would stub their toe at home against Vandy like they did last year. I, I think Florida will win that game. At South Carolina is not easy. I mean, no. I know that Florida just had their way with South Carolina, but South Carolina looked a lot better these last three games, even though they lost. Oh today. yeah, today I mean, they look good though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, anything could happen, but I mean, Georgia's yeah. a loss for sure. Uh, yeah. Got to go to LSU. I think that's really tough. LSU seems oh, to be in the hardest bit- place to play in the country. A little bit better place right now than UF is. Yeah. Um, Arkansas and Missouri. Like, if I offered you right now a split with Arkansas and Missouri, I mean, you might even take that just because you're trying to find seven wins, right? Like, so I don't know. I think, you know, Florida probably wins one, maybe both of those. And then got to finish up with Florida State. And I think the Florida State game is going to be just like it was this year. I think it'll be another fun game. I mean, as long as, you know, Florida doesn't go off the tracks or anything. Maybe another fun game that comes down in the last couple of minutes and we'll see what happens. But when you look at that, there's just, there's just not a lot of guaranteed wins on the schedule. Like you right. said, McNeese State, Charlotte. I mean, the schedule is easier than this year's schedule. I don't know that that means a whole, whole lot, but it's an easier schedule than this year's schedule was by a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think – I don't know. I think it's more – I think it's not as top-heavy. But, I mean, you got to go to Utah instead yeah. of playing them at home. I think that makes that tougher. you got to go to LSU instead of playing them at home. I think that makes that yeah. tougher. You know, I, I think there's less guaranteed wins. Yeah. Well, so I don't know. It's going to be think, interesting. I mean, his job's safe no matter what, like I said, unless something really crazy happens. I mean, I guess going 0 and 12 in year two would be a potentially fireable offense, uh, losing the locker room, some kind of something. But like uh, in general, his job is safe. But if he does not get an eight win, there is a massive target on his back for year three. Um, yeah. Fair or not, you know. I think that Florida, I mean, I think, I mean, mark the tape. I think they're over under this year is going to be six and a half or seven, like it was, you know, this past year. And if yeah. they can, well, if they can overachieve a little bit and get to eight wins, I think that's, I think eight wins in year two. Yeah. Especially, have, if it's eight, especially if it's eight going into the bowl. I mean, like right now, if you said, okay, they'll lose to Utah week one, uh, they'll lose to Georgia. They'll lose at LSU and then they'll drop one more, whether that be like FSU or um, whatever, whatever that fourth one is. I think, you know, most Florida fans are not going to want to take an automatic loss to, you know, LSU and FSU. But like if you offered Napier like eight and four right now, he'd probably take it. I'll take that. I don't even know who my offensive line is. My quarterback's gone. Like I think, but we'll see. I mean, games get played. Some, you know, again, we expected Florida State to get like six or seven this year, and they end up with ten. So, like, yeah. it can happen. Things just have to kind of click, right? So, right. Um, 
All right, so do you want to talk? I, I've got the picks from last week. Do you want to talk about the transfer? Do you want to talk about that later? Um, if you talk about your transfer, we've got about eight of them we've gotten. So I'm talking okay. about Okay, well, this yeah. just happened tonight. Uh, Cameron Jackson out of uh, Memphis defensive lineman uh, announced that he is transferring to Florida. He was in the portal. Um, don't know a whole lot about him outside of the fact that he's one of the best in the portal it's a huge area of need for florida he's a target that has been talked about for the last probably week or so um so good pickup by the staff because it's a huge area of need so that but that just literally happened like 30 minutes ago um not to one up you but florida but state has the number one transfer class according to all publications right now Congratulations. So, the trophy's getting made right now. Love it. Hear those fireworks going off? It's like a day early for that. Oh, um, that's funny. No, I didn't hear it. So um, what's been impressive is Florida State has picked up the number one player at three different positions so far. Defensive yeah. tackle, offensive guard, and uh, tight end. So that's been cool. Hopefully they can continue that. We'll see. But they have been good in the portal. We'll see how, you know how that translates. They've, yeah. they've done a good job in the portal the last few years. So see if they can kind of keep yeah. that up. Um, all right, let's recap some picks and then we'll make some picks mm-hmm. and then we'll get out of here. I don't have any voice left after last night. Um, all right. So we both picked Liberty. They didn't win the game, but they did cover. So we both got a point there. Um, we went into this week, by the way, with the same record, you went on a little bit of a hot streak early. You got Eastern Michigan. You got, Western Kentucky, and you got Air Force. So you were on fire to start the week. You started out 4-0. And then the next one we pushed. We both pushed on uh, Houston and Louisiana. That was a seven-point spread, and they won by seven. Um, and then I went on a little bit of a hot streak. I got Wake over Missouri. It's always easy to just take the, not the SEC team um, because SEC teams don't care about bowl games unless they win. Um I took Middle Tennessee State, got that one right. I took New Mexico State, got that one right. You got Buffalo over Georgia Southern. Oh, I have no idea what just happened. Oh, your lights went out? You turn that me? light on. I didn't turn the light on. Hold on. Yes, my daughter just turned the light on. Now we're here. live. There's no holding on. All there. right. <laughs> we both got Memphis. I got Coastal Carolina. I got Wisconsin. Uh, we both got Duke. Neither of us got Arkansas. I got UNC and I got Texas Tech. So you went seven and eight. I went eight and seven. So I pulled ahead of you by one. And there's only like eight games left. We missed a few games because, but I would have picked FSU. So I'm glad that you couldn't do this until now. Um, you'd have got a point on me if you would have lost. Yeah. Gotcha back. Yeah. All right. All right. Alabama's a seven and a half point favorite against Kansas State. I know this is crazy, but I'm going to take Kansas State to cover this. Uh, Kentucky, uh, Iowa is a two and a half point favorite against Kentucky. I'll take Iowa here with Kentucky's quarterback. Alex. I'll take Kentucky. I'll take Kentucky. Uh, Michigan is a seven and a half point favorite against TCU. I think I like Michigan there to, to kind of avoid going away. Oh, did I, did I lose you? TJ, can you hear me? I got you. Yep. Um, who you got? Michigan minus seven and a half. Uh, I'll take. I want Michigan. 
Give me Michigan. Uh, UGA is a six-point favorite against Ohio State. Uh, give me UGA all day. Yeah, same thing. And then uh, the after playoff games, which these are stupid. Mississippi State is a one-and-a-half point favorite against Illinois. I don't think Mississippi State is very good, but I'll just cheer No, for I think there's going to be a lot of hurt in that game, though. So who you got? You got Mississippi State? Miss- yeah, say? Mississippi State. Mississippi State. USC is a two-point favorite against Tulane. Uh, I will take USC. I'll go Tulane here. I don't really have a lot of confidence in that, but that just seems weird to me that it's only a two-point spread, so maybe Vegas is trying to tell us something. Utah's a two-point favorite against Penn State. I'll take Utah in this one. I will take Utah as well. And LSU is a 14.5-point favorite against Purdue. Yeah, I kind of like LSU as well. I know it's a huge spread, but I'll take them. Um, all right. We've been on for about 30 minutes, so this is the quickest show ever. Do you have anything else before we get out of here? If your service will let you. That might be it. All right. Got it? Gotcha. You got anything before we get out of here? Just wrapping up. Nope. That's about it. All right, cool. We'll be back next week once Allie gets back to Tampa. I'll be home. Yes. The Wi-Fi is terrible up there. She's on. We're in the mountains. Come on now. Metro PCS Wi-Fi. Uh, All right, so (laughs) we'll talk next week. Uh, Hope you guys have a good New Year's. Had a good Christmas. Talk to you guys soon. Go Noles. Go Gators. I was hoping your Wi-Fi would cut out and you would.